Good morning, everyone. Great to see everyone, both here in the Zendo and also uh, remotely in your home Zendo, in your own monasteries. It's assembly of monasteries, all practicing together. So a number of things have been going on. We had this morning a Jizo ceremony, Earth Guardian ceremony, Earth Protector ceremony. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I'll talk about some of the threads from uh, our 10-day Sashin and then about a little bit about going forth from Sashin. So we had the Jizo ceremony. This is a, a beautiful representation of Jizo or Kishitagarbha, one of the important enlightened beings, enlightened inspirations. Uh, Jizo is the Japanese name. Uh, G is earth and Zo is treasure. Uh, Kishitagarbha is the Sanskrit name. Jizo Bodhisattva is revered in Japan and you find Jizo everywhere. Uh, all these little, he's the guardian of travelers. So you'll find little Jizo shrines uh, at every bridge, crossroads. You'll be in the middle of nowhere and there'll just be a crossroads and a little shrine with Jizo. And one of the locals will have knitted a, knitted a little rock suit for him. And in the winter time, a little red hat to keep his head warm. Um, and he's also the guardian of women and children, uh, especially children who have died. And we here at the monastery have a Jizo garden that honors children who have died and others who, who were loved and passed from this world. Jizo's qualities include unflagging optimism, courage, gentleness, and nurturing a love for all beings. Jizo plunges fearlessly into any place or situation where there's those in need. And Jizo is especially concerned with taking care of those who are vulnerable. And there's many stories many wonderful stories about exhibiting these qualities. And I'd encourage anyone to um, read the book on Jizo Bodhisattva that uh, Chosen Roshi wrote. She talks all about some of the many stories and how people practice with Jizo to help inspire them. So a bodhisattva is a spiritual pilgrim who dedicates their life to helping free others from suffering caused by fear and ignorance. And the bodhisattva always starts with her own practice, clarifying the mind, settling the heart, knowing that if we are in a place of reactivity or fear, there's a kind of holding back that um, 
can cause more problems in the trying of trying to help people. On the other hand, the bodhisattva acts even though they're not completely enlightened. The bodhisattva stays behind, uh, doesn't complete awakening so that they can help others. So this is an inspiration for us that if we hold back until we're perfect, as the, the poem by Joyce Rupp goes, will be the cup on the shelf that's never used. So we continue to practice to step forward. We don't worship bodhisattvas, um, even though I was doing bows <laughs> to big golden Buddha. Um, but I also did a bow to my Zafu before I sat down. I don't worship my Zafu either. I actually spend probably more time. I probably ought to revere my Zafu, especially the air Zafu. I never would have made it without it. Uh, so the, the, the statue is a way to, uh, it's one of the ways that the mind, the mind likes the visual and it's a way to capture our imagination. And it's also a way to reflect back on ourselves, those qualities that we may not see in ourselves or that we may aspire to, or that really touches our heart. And this particular representation may not be one, but there's no sort of a right way. There's many, many ways that bodhisattvas are represented. In my own practice, for example, I am very much inspired by Kuan Yin Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva of Compassion. And when I picture Kuan Yin, I do see the traditional imagery of Kuan Yin, but I'm also most inspired by uh, Kuan Yin's representation of as Mary. So this is a skillful means to help inspire us. Jizo is the guardian spirit of this monastery. And we kind of can think of a spirit as a, you know, some kind of ghost, right? Or some kind of supernatural thing. But the word spirit comes from, the root word is breath. Spirit is breath. So the qualities of Jizo, fearlessness, unflagging optimism, determination, are the breath of this monastery. Gray Vow gets its name after the great vow of Jizo not to give up on anyone, guiding all on the path to awakening. That's the breath of this monastery, the breath of this practice. Jizo is also the guardian of all that comes from the earth, embodying the quality we all have of wanting to protect our home, protect our earth. We can be inspired by the qualities of Jizo in our consideration of the earth and how to respond from clarity and calm heart rather than anger that divides and despair which paralyzes. So how can we rouse the qualities of Jizo in our heart and mind in order to respond? We are made of the earth. We're nothing but the earth and the water that comes from the earth and sunshine. 
So we are the earth. We're made of the earth. So we can also see this as the earth taking care of itself. Us responding to the, the earth is earth taking care of itself. We're part of the earth's self-care program. <laughs> and so if you think about taking care of yourself, it goes a lot better if you're doing self-care out of love, kindness, clarity, than some kind of should or ought or being angry at yourself, self-criticism. So in the same way, if we want to be part of the earth taking care of itself, responding from that place. So combine earth protection, us as earth taking care of earth with not giving up and great determination. You can see why this kind of ceremony is so needed in our world. We also did another ceremony um, where Soten and Shanae, two of our senior priests, are now preceptors. And so they are able to carry the tradition forward in terms of the passing along the precepts, the Buddhist precepts, and help people join the lineage of Zen Buddhism. And I would say that this is also part of the breath of this monastery in our practice, which is Zazen and ethics, are the two core offerings of our Sangha. So as they go forth to a period of travel and pilgrimage, they will carry that with them. And the thing about ceremony is ceremony brings the invisible and makes it visible. So we bring forth our intention to, to cultivate these qualities of Jizo, of earth caring for earth. And instead of holding it inside, we bring it out into the open and we do that with other people. And that has power. So earlier this morning, we concluded a 10-day sashin, which is a meditation intensive in our tradition. Sashin, that word in Japanese Zen, means settling the heart and mind. In Japanese, shin is heart and also mind. It's not divided. So it's interesting to look at things from different perspectives in terms of the language. It's helpful for us to think of the heart and mind and talk about it in those ways. And we understand it in a certain way, but it's not the only way to understand it. So it's not like, oh, well, we need to become Japanese and think about it as this way. It's like, no, it's, it's actually useful to think about heart and mind. And it's also useful to think about them as one thing. So we concluded this sashin here at the monastery with people practicing here and also at home via Zoom. We used as our, the theme of the retreat was walking the ancient way of sanity and we used as inspiration, continuous practice, which was writing by Dogen Zenji, who's one of the, <laughs> 
the giant, one of the giants of, of Japanese Zen, of Zen, of Buddhism, of one of the giants of being a human, <laughs> bringing wisdom and compassion into the world. <laughs> and so we did, uh, we did, we focused on, or we were brought, we were breathed by the inspiration of Dogen Zenji's writing called Continuous Practice. So a couple things to just remind ourselves and also those who may not have participated in the Sashin and who are just joining us. One of the things that Hogan brought forward was really bringing to light how Dogen Zenji uh, constantly is shifting perspectives in the, in the writing. So sometimes, and this can be confusing, so sometimes from absolute unity of things in the relative to relative ordinary in the absolute, simultaneity of past, present, and future. Uh, he plays with the Dharma. He talked, he's talked about uh, Dogen Zenji as a jazz man, sort of mixing all these different influences. And this constantly shifting perspective, sometimes even in the same sentence, can be both exhilarating and baffling. And it also reflects the way things are. So just to give you a flavor, here's the opening we chanted every day. And those of you in Sashin will recognize this. You can all sing along. On the great road of Buddha ancestors, there is always unsurpassable practice, continuous and sustained. It forms the circle of the way and is never cut off between aspiration, practice, enlightenment, and nirvana, there is not a moment's gap. Continuous practice is the circle of the way. Accordingly, by the continuous practice of all Buddhas and ancestors, your practice actualized and your great road opens up. By your continuous practice, the continuous practice of all Buddhas is actualized and the great road of all Buddhas opens up. Your continuous practice creates the circle of the way. So our continuous practice was presence on the cushion. We began each day coming home to presence, coming home to the present moment in the feeling direct sensations of the body supported by the earth, earth supporting earth feeling the breath, meticulous appreciation, meticulous paying closer and closer attention, more and more intimate to our experience. And this takes time, it takes a long time. And it happens in just that, just a moment. Meticulousness, meticulous, appreciative, kind, intimate, presence. Continuous practice is not a thing. It's not, an, it's not a noun. It's not only a noun. It's also a verb, continuous practicing. We encourage people to take up mindfulness of eating, especially those who are not present here to um, continue practicing mindfulness 
throughout the day as best you can. And mindful eating is one way to do that. It's a way to anchor. Mindful eating is so wonderful because we eat. (laughs) (laughs) And so if we take up that kind of practice, we really can be anchored in, in that. And so we can be just in the flow of our day in all the ups and downs and everything. And when we eat just three, we talked about just three bites. And we also talked about in the cushion, just three breaths, just three breaths to really, we find ourselves kind of caught bringing back to presence, just three breaths, close, 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 closer, 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 and then relax. We also talked about the 99 curves, that this is not a straight line. Continuous practice doesn't mean perfect practice. Uh, That hindrances, obstacles, perfectionism all come forward. And that that continuous practice is not a straight line from here to there. And that the journey that the path has all the curves and to appreciate them as part of the path. You wanna go to Mount Hood, you're gonna hit a stoplight. So really honoring those as part of the path. And by letting go, letting go We do the best with what we have, and we're not in control of what happens. There's no better practice than the one that you are practicing wholeheartedly with spirit and determination and appreciation. Just letting go of the outcome. We're not in control. And we have to see that and learn it over and over again. And this not knowing, this letting go of knowing is where the intimacy happens. There's a famous interaction between, uh, in a Zen story, uh, it's one of the greatest, Zen's greatest hits. (laughs) Dizong asked Fayan, where are you going? Fayan said, around on pilgrimage. Dizong said, what is the purpose of pilgrimage? Fayan said, I don't know. Dizong said, not knowing is most intimate. So we can take this in in our life. Where are you going on a sashin? What is the purpose of sashin? I don't know. Not knowing is most intimate. Where are you going? I'm following the breath. What is the purpose of following the breath? I don't know. Not knowing is most intimate. Moment by moment, just not knowing. Letting go of our ideas of ourself, of the breath, of the body, of Sashin. Small mind isn't in control of the practice. Whatever it is, we just love what is. That's the practice.
And that allows us to really do the another aspect, which is inquiry that everything can teach us when we let go of the idea that this is a problem and this isn't, I don't want this problem. We can see everything, everything can teach us. But if we look into it and we can do this in inquiry of thoughts, is that true? How do I know that's true? How do I know this meditation session isn't going well? How does the small self even know that? Can you really know that that's true? You're, my mind was scattered and so I'm not good at this. All those hindrances and obstacles, it's all part of the path and inquiry can help us is an important part of seeing that. And then finally, the circle, the circle of the way inclusiveness inclusive intimacy, that there's nothing outside of the practice. And this inclusiveness is both holding the wide view and also being intimate. Dogen Zenji says, blossoms opening and leaves falling now are the actualization of continuous practice. Blossoms opening and leaves falling are the actualization of continuous practice. Polishing a mirror and breaking a mirror is not other than this practice. So nothing is wasted. And there's no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. Hogan talked about growing up, waking up, cleaning up, and showing up. And nothing's outside the circle. All these aspects are part of the path. Trust, inquiry, and selfless service as the essentials. So Zazen is a practice of trust, of letting go, of just trusting what is. Trust in presence. Also, you could call this faith. And trust in the practice, trust in the ancestors. Uh, one of the, <laughs> one of the, so the, the Dalai Lama came to Portland a few years ago and he was at the Rose Garden and <laughs> he, he came for a conference at University of Portland and gave this talk and it was interview. And then after that, the Red Hot Chili Peppers played. <laughs> so I like to, you know, it's like, I saw the Dalai Lama open for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and it was like, it was like a, a whole concert. I think they, they played for like over an hour. I was like, I thought it would just be like maybe a couple songs or acoustic. I was like, oh my God, this is like going on and on. They like just played the show. So the Dalai Lama was at one point, you know, people are asked, he's being interviewed and they're asking these questions. And one person asked him this question. It was just really like, you're so amazing and you're so compassionate and so wise. And how, you know, how can we, it was just, and it wasn't fawning. It was just, I mean, it was a little fawning. And um, at that, and this was about halfway through. And so the Dalai Lama got up and he walked to the, he got up from the chairs back there and he like walked up to the edge of the stage and pointed to the, like the 
25,000 people. And he said, you, me, the same. You have the, the capacity for this. And it was very, very powerful. Because he went from being this star under the spotlights to what he calls himself a sim- simple monk, who is a great inspiration. And so this is, he's a Buddha ancestor saying, you can do it. All our chants, our Buddha ancestor saying, you can do this. I've seen it. You can do it. In fact, I noticed actually this, this Sashin at the chants. If you look at all our, all our chants, I, can't find, I couldn't find one that's saying, like, you, this is what you should believe. They're all of them are poems saying, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. And you can see it too. So by practicing the zazen of trust, 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 our direct experience, that can grow out into that. And we ask the ancestors for help. Well, sometimes it's just like, okay, well, my small mind thinks that, but, 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 and this person, these inspirations say, your small mind doesn't got it, doesn't have it. So trust, practicing trust. We talked about inquiry into the mind and then selfless service showing up, showing up for other people. And that's one thing that when we really feel stuck, just showing up and helping somebody can help break us out of the constriction of the small mind. So how to walk the way, the continuous practice now that we're leaving Sashin. And I think any of this will be relevant for anyone who wants to support their own practice. So if you weren't at Sashin, I think it's, it will help or you may find some, something in here. So continue the practice at home. You've built up a habit after 10 days. So sit tonight. Why not? You can join Hogan and I at seven o'clock if you like. Um, Continue the practice at home and recognize that the practice changes. We're changing our place of practice. Practice with others, Sangha is very important. I think all of us found inspiration in each other when our own motivation may have been flagging or our own confusion clouded over. And also new perspectives of hearing other people and their own process with practice is inspiring. And also we just learn. The other thing that's important as we make this change, change of place of practice is that Sashin stretches us in all kinds of ways. And there is kind of a snapping back to normal that can happen. So one of the, one of the common ones is, um, can really be, um, get a bat. Have people heard of a backdraft? It's a firefighting term. 
And what happens in a backdraft is that there's a small fire in a room and the fire burns all the oxygen out of the room or most of it. And if firefighters open the door of a room that's starved for oxygen, all this oxygen rushes in and causes an explosion. And so one of the things that can happen after practicing of in the kind of intense way that we are doing in Sashin is that you can have a backdraft of whatever habit of mind. So inner critic can come back really strong. I'm not saying it will, but it can. Can come in really strong. Other kinds of habits of mind. One time after a session, I was uh, in the having a lunch or whatever in the after session, and I just noticed it's like, oh my God, every sentence that I'm saying has the word I in it. <laughs> and sometimes like three or four times. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I, and I, and I, and then I, and me, and I, and I. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the result of just, of practice where you're really, you know, the, the small self really, um, you know, comes back. It's been not repressed, but it's, it's influence is diminished and then it can kind of come back. So the inner critic or self or whatever, that backdraft can come. So if you find yourself in sort of inner critic or frustration or whatever, that happens, it's like that happens. You, so you can say like, Bancho told me this would happen. <laughs> Bancho told me this would happen. This is just part of the process, okay? So just remember that. When it comes happen, you're cranky and crabby and or inner critic, or beating yourself up, or whatever. Bancho told me this would happen. And then finally, put continuous practice back into the practice. Put continuous practice back into the practice. Don't fritter it away. Your place of practice will change for Sashin. It has to, but don't think that continuous practice was the result of your F all due to your efforts. You really think that something like continuous practice was as a result of small mind. It can't be. It's not just due to our efforts. We owe it to continuous practice to put it back into the practice. The practice did it. The practice did the practice. So the energy, insight, calm, clarity, put it back into the practice. Dogen Zenji points to this in a passage in continuous practice, calling it to not leave the monastery. to not leave the monastery. It's the orientation of continuous practice, whether we are here or there. He says, Zhao Zhou once said to the assembly, if you do not leave the monastery in your lifetime and do not speak for five or 10 years, no one can call you speechless. 
even Buddhas would not know what to make of you. Unsurpassable practice is not leave the monastery. Zhao Zhou once said to the assembly, if you do not leave the monastery in your lifetime and do not speak for five or 10 years, no one can call you speechless. Even Buddhas would not know what to make of you. Unsurpassable practice is not leave the monastery. Unsurpassable practice is not leave the monastery. That phrase, not leave the monastery, is unsurpassable practice. If you're at home, continue the practice. And you won't leave the monastery no matter where you go. For those of you who are here at Great Vow, you can leave the monastery even though your body is here. Put it back in the practice and align body and mind. No matter where you are, be in the monastery. The schedule will change. But you can still be in the monastery by practicing, continuous practicing. Dogen says, quietly engage in the sustained practice of not leave the monastery. Do not be swayed east or west by the winds of east and west. The spring breeze and the autumn moon of five or 10 years have unbeknownst to us, have the ring of emancipation beyond sound and form. This voice is not known to the self, not understood by the self. Quietly engage in the sustained practice of not leave the monastery. Learn to treasure each moment of sustained practice. Do not assume that not to speak is useless is entering the monastery, leaving the monastery. The bird's path is the forest. The entire world is the forest, the monastery. So please continue this beautiful practice and your great road will open up. Thank you.